0: This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. My guest today is Megan Meadows. Megan is a writer and performer living in New York City. Megan and I have been friends for a few years, but I haven't heard the story from her before because it's not something she's fully talked to many people about. In this episode, Megan talks about her experience at Virginia Tech during the 2007 school shooting and losing someone close to her in that tragedy. It's such a powerful story from a unique perspective, but if you're someone who would rather not listen in depth about this topic, or if you're someone who has kids around, you might prefer to skip this episode. This is Megan's Story. Hey, Mego. Hi,
1: Brian. Give you the official <laughs>
0: nickname title. Oh,
1: hey, world. <laughs> Hello,
0: Megan Meadows. Oh. Thanks for being here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Brian. Your yeah. room is so festive.
0: Thanks. With the lights. Yeah. It's your recording this, space, your this, professional yeah, recording space. Yeah, I was going to say, this podcast... <laughs> A lot of it has just turned into people commenting on my room before the episode starts. and uh, I mean,
1: it's done really nicely, and it really reflects Brian well, I think. Thanks.
0: Yeah. Good color scheme. Uh, thank you. The U.S. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> cool. So, what did you come here to talk about today?
1: So, I this is a story that I feel like I've only... It's like such a big story in my life, but I've only said it aloud, like, so many times yeah um because it's a it's a real big one yeah (laughs) um i went to virginia tech and i lost one of my best friends in the shooting there um and i want to talk about it today because with all of the press and all the media that all of like mass shootings are getting recently i feel like uh, as someone who's this has been like the forefront of my mind for the last 11 years clearly you know like and especially when it comes to policy Um, I just kind of want I don't know I kind of want people to understand that there's such a ripple effect of these things like it's not just the people who were lost or it's not just the victims it's like their families their family friends their friends of friends like just like anyone people who might have just been there Um, just how much it affects one person's life yeah Um, so yeah that's why I want to talk about it and why this is so important to me uh yeah so i guess i'll just start with the day i'll just start yeah okay (laughs) so yeah
0: well i guess yeah like where yeah where were you in the world like where was I? yeah like or just you as a person at this point? oh my god i was
1: like a 19 year old i think i was a 19 year old sophomore in college and um i i don't know i was i don't know going through ups and downs like every college student you know um, I think I had like definitely dealt with some depression that year just because like moving out of the dorms and <laughs> it's, I, a big, <laughs> it's a big
0: thing. It like, is, yeah, yeah. No, like, I, uh,
1: yeah. Like you like you lose those like friends of convenience and like my best friend who's still my best friend. She's like my soulmate. Um, who, like I lived with her and we lived off campus. And yeah. So. And she like had joined a business frat, so <laughs> who she's actually married to like her husband she met through the business frat, but, um, and they're really great, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she like had all of these new friends and I think I just, I was in like a weird place and our mutual friend Rima, who we met, um, I first, I first met her through, um, through some friend like some dance friends from. Or from, from like dance team friends and she had like auditioned for dance team and hadn't gotten on but she's like the most determined person or she was the most determined person in the world so she like worked really hard and then got on and uh and like I met her the like the spring before she got on the dance team and then like I don't know once she was on dance team we were just we were inseparable there was like five of us that were just completely inseparable which is like why I like tried to get her to come to school with us yeah um but she was just like the type of person who i don't know like i literally have never met someone who didn't like who didn't like her uh and just like one of those people where you're just like she just makes makes things better and is like more fun to be around and i would say the same thing about the rest of her family and her sister who i'm still really close with um but she, uh she was a beautiful dancer I and mean, she was always just like ready to try new things like sophomore year i think like, I was, I don't know, struggling with my group or where I was going to be. And, like, she got to school and immediately, like, pounded the pavement. And she was, like, in – she was in, like, karate club. And then she was doing dance. And then she was also in – she was Lebanese, which was, like, a huge part of her. And, a, like, uh, I don't know, a huge part of me now somehow, even though I'm not a Lebanese. But um, she decided to go to Virginia Tech. She was looking between UVA and Virginia Tech. And I remember, like, having a conversation with her. I, like, remember this so distinctly because – uh she's gone so I remember really distinctly just like telling her talking her into going to Virginia Tech basically um and so that's kind of I was that's where I was at she was like one of my nearest and dearest and I saw her so often and we spent so much time together um but so I guess I'll just then I'll flash back to the morning of so I remember I almost didn't go to class this day which is so crazy because it was raining it was kind of gross and f- muggy out and i just remember walking i was wearing like mint green fake ugg boots i remember this it's so bizarre like the little details that you remember f- on a day when something is so so impactful to you but i remember these terrible shoes that i was wearing and just like walking uh walking to class being like oh god i don't want to be here and then the rest the rest is kind of a scrambled blur just because it was so insane and traumatizing. Yeah. Um, but I just remember I was in my media writing class and we like all had computers and it was a glass room and uh, this in like this communications building. And I just remember hearing these sirens and we were all like, what's going on? And then I think somehow the teacher found out or someone came into our room and was like, we're on lockdown. There's been a shooting at school and at the school and this was like it was like 9 a.m it was like a 9 30 class so I should know this timeline really well but I know that it was like 9 or 9 30 um and there had been a shooting in a building that was I don't know maybe like a minute or two minute walk away from where I was um and so we were all in this room in this glass room with these sirens going on outside and like you could kind of hear police like people on um what are they, like, like louds- walkie talkies or whatever like micro like loudspeaker microphones oh, like oh, coming like, like blaring megaphones. yeah megaphones you could kind of hear something you couldn't really hear what they were saying but it was like like basically like don't leave and everybody was freaked out we were all like under we were all under our desks um and my teacher who's like a, a media writer which i don't really love this part of the story but i don't know if he was trying to distract us or what but he turned on CNN and he, I think he had someone from the class trying to call into CNN, like so that we could be the first to report the story. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's, which looking back feels. Yeah. I, I don't know, uh, like.
0: I, yeah, he had like this feeling of like, oh yeah, we need to be telling the story from the inside kind of thing. Yeah, like, as and like a journalist, <sighs> like this weird journalistic. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, a lot and in like that I'm moment. like, if
1: I were a teacher, would I be? Would I be trying? Because, you know, like, I, you know, when um, the power went out or something in school, they'd be like, we're still going to keep going. Yeah. Like It's like we're going to distract the kids and we're going to push through it. I always thought if I was a teacher, I'd be like, fuck it. i <laughs> just like, whatever. Like, we're just going to hang out. But <laughs> also, yeah, like I we had CNN on in the room. And yeah, this teacher just like a, a baby flash forward. This teacher ended up coming out with a book about the shooting. And it was like April 16th. I, it's just a book about April 16th and the shooting. And like, I wrote something for it and didn't want it to be included in the end because it felt really, um, it yeah, it just felt kind of gross. Yeah, this
0: weird like capitalization it, on this terrible exactly. thing that happened.
1: I was like, unless like the, all the proceeds are going to go to, and they didn't really check with the families about writing this, but anyway, okay, so. Um. So, yeah, we're sitting in the class. He's, like, being really weird about it. I don't know if he was just trying to distract us or whatever. It, it, everything went by so quickly. But I do just remember, um, like, we turned on, like, when we turned on CNN, we just, like, we saw the numbers. And at first, it was, like, a couple of people. And then it the numbers just kept going up. And we were, like, what the, f- what, what? And, like, we didn't know where the shooter, we had no idea where the shooter was. We were, And, we, again, we were in this classroom. Just, like, I've never been so... I mean, I've never been so like scared in my entire life um, and just like shaking and I can't, I can't even describe it. And like I wasn't even, it turns out it wasn't even in peril or wasn't even in the area or it wasn't even in the building, you know, yeah. but, and he wasn't on the loose. He was caught in the one building. But so like basically it's just everybody in there where our eyes are just like glued to the news. We're hiding under our desks. We're like trying to get a hold of everyone like I'm trying to talk to my parents trying to talk trying to like think of everyone that I've ever met like at the school you know what I mean like which is so many people because like first of all this school is a school of 28,000 people and you're like I don't know in college you know a lot of people and just checking in with everyone to make sure they're okay and then getting like rumor news like people were like oh there's another shooting over here like yeah just like
0: the insanity of yeah like letting rumors run wild because of
1: like exactly because like nobody knew what was going on and all we knew is that we were on lockdown and like i i still remember this so clearly this guy this kid came in and he had a backpack and like we were on lockdown and this kid wasn't in our class and he was someone knocked on the door and like he came in and he had this black backpack and I just remember being like, we can't let him in. Like, he can't come in here. Like, he, it's him. He's, like, and everybody, I feel like, had that same, I feel so guilty because it wasn't him. And, like, like later yeah, he was but, just trying to seek, like, he, there's, like, a common area in the building. And he was just trying to, like, seek shelter yeah. like anyone else. But I just, like, everybody just froze. Yeah, you're on and such the, high alert. Yeah, and the teacher, uh, and the teacher let him in. And he was, like, like, he was a student of his or whatever. But I just, the whole class was just, like, staring at him and, like. I was terrified. I was like, this is how I'm going to die. And this this person. Yeah, so that was like horrifying. And then after trying to get in touch with everybody, the service was really crazy because when everyone's using their, you know, the cell tower shut down um, and we couldn't get in touch with everybody and we couldn't get in touch with Rima. And, uh, and she lived on campus because she was a freshman and uh, we couldn't get a hold of her. And, you know, we were like, Calling, like trying to get in touch with her family, like trying to see if anyone could get a hold of her, and like we're like, no, it's fine. Like, uh, like I don't know, maybe she's just she's sleeping. Like she's not there. Like she's she's fine. She's fine. I just remember that's what I kept saying to myself. And then, like the lockdown was up. CNN had said like the like the numbers were up to thirty two people, thirty three people if you include the shooter. And um, and then we were like cleared. They didn't think that you know that we were in danger anymore. Um, and so I just, I went back to my apartment with my roommate and I can't explain, like, I can't explain physically, like how your, your reaction is. And like, I wasn't even there. So like, I can't even imagine like being someone in the room or being my friend, which is something clearly like I do often, um, when I think about it, which is terrifying. Um, but so like we go back and we're just trying to find any information we possibly can because we don't know anything. We don't know anything, and we're like, we find out eventually that she did have a class in that building, and we're like, okay, well maybe she's just like with the police or like it's you no, know, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Um, and then one of our friends, uh, one of our friends, another friend from high school, uh, get like come somehow he came. I don't know. He found he found us, and he was telling us that. Uh, that like he had a friend who was in her class and like basically watched her die. And we were like, no, no, no. Like that's not real. No. Like I just like wouldn't accept it. Yeah, it just were, like, felt
0: like one of the other rumors that were. Yeah, like, exactly. And
1: like, yeah, and I really trusted this kid and like I still to this day really love him. And he he ended up being right. Uh, but I was like, no, like we just we don't know, we don't know. And just everybody calling around to hospitals and all of that kind of stuff. And, like, when he told us that, we immediately – there's a school 30 minutes away from Tech called Radford. And Rima's, like, best, best friend and one of our really good friends uh, went to school there. So we just immediately drove there to pick her up. Like, we were, we were like, you have to you have to come here. Like, something's going on. Um, And, like, we just kind of sat and we were watching the news. Like, nobody was updating us on anything. Just, like, sat and feeling like – You're going to pass out at any second, you know, Um, just kind of shaking, trying to get everybody together. Uh, And we like they started gathering everyone at this hotel at the school. It's like the inn at Virginia Tech. And they started gathering everybody there. And we I think we went we were like on our way there once because someone had said that they had like confirmed that she was gone. And but then we were like, no, that's not true. Like just I just remember that whole day being like, this isn't happening. This isn't real. And that's nothing that anyone is telling me is real. Yeah, and, it just
0: felt very like dreamlike or you were just
1: Exactly. And I was like, but then also like I just didn't believe that it could be true. Like that Yeah, like the confirmation of her death is true. So like I just remember one of my friends screaming at me and being like my friend Monica who we picked up at Radford like screaming at me and being like it's true it's true like it's true she's gone and like me being like no 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 and then like going to the inn and we we like yeah we went to this hotel where like her family was because at that point they knew and we were just kind of waiting in the hotel and they were like reporters everywhere and like we were trying to find out if like one of our best friends was dead and like there were just reporters like trying to talk to us at all turns and like people creeping up it was so gross yeah just a
0: bunch of more of your like media professors just everywhere
1: exactly and it just felt so weird and like if someone came out i mean like i like 19 you're a child like i was a child you would know i didn't know and like someone tried someone started talking to me and was like i'm so like like, have you lost someone and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, they're like trying to help me. You know, I was like, oh, they want to help me find information or get. Yeah. And so you had like you were dealing with that. And I just feel like bef- when I think about my life, I think about like before that and after that. And like, I just had s- I just had so much like hope and like, I don't know, I was such an optimistic like person. Yeah,
0: I, I still I think still think I that am part of you that I see. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: I am but like after that experience and just having people like really like be feel eucerous in what is definitely the worst moment of my entire life has just really like jaded me on people and I feel like I get like a little paranoid and people are trying to get close to you when something's wrong now Um, but yeah because of that situation and I just remember sitting in the inn and there was this redheaded man uh who and like I think police had just talked to him and I just heard him like wail like he was he just screamed like we're in this big hotel with like uh the ceilings are really high and I just heard him screaming that he was like my daughter's dead my daughter's dead like he was just like screaming and we're, like if, the, if it wasn't on edge until that like it was just that and then like over the next over the course of the next few hours like it was just that over and over and over again just people finding out um and like it turns out that that man is actually someone that I met after because uh, I got involved with gun control organizations and he ended up doing that also and he was actually from northern virginia where i'm from and like the police had gone to his house and just knocked on his door and told him that his daughter was dead um and he had just like driven down to the school immediately you know yeah but so on top of like people who did know there were people who just couldn't find people uh it was just so chaotic and they the school was not like was not prepared for this um and i just remember like going back like finally like her brother came out to meet us and like he was just like basically like collapsed in our arms and we were like oh like this it's it felt real it was
0: like the first actual confirmation of
1: yeah like it it was like oh this is real like this is this is happening i I just remember seeing all these other people like the, the man with the red hair and like just other people crying and just being like no like like okay that's them but like that's not happening to me and then uh and I, I had this we had this roommate at the time who like we didn't really get along but she had like this is another reason why I think I don't trust people like she had insisted on coming like along with us because like when there's like a tragic situation people just want to be close to it and that's something that this situation really taught me like throughout the next couple of weeks and because it was so highly publicized um, but she like demanded to go with us and like I just like snapped at her in the lobby I was like I was like no I was like you don't know her family you, you can't come and I like made her like I, it's just such a weird thing to like be angry about in in that moment when like you're but like I knew my friend didn't even like her so like we didn't like her and like it's such I feel like it's just such a weird time to be petty but like it just meant so much to me because like I, I don't know I don't know and like that's kind of I think how I like how I responded to a lot of the like community grieving and everything in the weeks going forward. I was just so angry because it was such a personal tragedy for me.
0: Yeah, the fact that you had this actual close person that you lost and it just felt the other people kind of felt like, fake in a way because they didn't have the same like
1: yeah and closeness. like
0: closeness even though yeah they were still very close to what happened lo- and
1: like looking back as an adult I can completely understand that and like after watching the other shootings happen or like any other tragedy especially tragedy especially when there's children involved like yeah. as an adult now and with friends with kids and like family like of course like oh my god I, you know I've cried at things that I have no relation to but
0: yeah in that moment in it that just moment, was so close to you that it was hard to see these other people who were had good intentions because yeah, they just had cared. Yeah, had good intentions yeah, and, like,
1: like, like as some people I do think didn't, but uh, but for the most part, yeah. I think everybody had good intentions and just, like, was just as upset, you know, which is something just... Yeah, I was it's just, just you
0: were so close to it.
1: Yeah, that I just made me really angsty and, like, angry because I was just angry that it happened, yeah. you know, and then just angry at everything. But, um, yeah, so back to the inn uh, and I just we like walked through this just like incomplete silence. My best friend's mom had driven down and she was there. And like, we were just in this room with her mom. And like, I've never heard someone cry like that before. And I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm close. I was close with her parents before. And like, I'm clearly like closer with them now, but, and like, I'm like her sister's one of my really good friends and lives in New York. And, um, but I just, I don't know. I, like that their family is just like so happy that seeing anyone like that is awful but they're just such good people that it just people always say that but it's so true I can't explain it and like just watching them experience that and like just not even being able to cry because you were just so in shock or just so like you just had no no words and like you know me I never have no words but I just yeah I had nothing I I was just like stripped of yeah any 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 explanation for anything in the world at that moment um and yeah I mean in the days and weeks following it it didn't get better (laughs) clearly um and yeah I mean that was definitely like the worst day of my life but it's and I mean, when I, like the feeling that I'm having right now, uh, when I talk about this is like very close to the feeling that I had that day because, uh, I mean, I didn't actually realize this until like three years ago, which it's been 11 years and I didn't go to therapy to really get diagnosed until like three years ago, but I, I have like diagnosed PTSD from that day and I I wasn't even in the, you know, I wasn't even in the building where it happened.
0: Um, but you lost someone. Important. Yeah. I mean... It was,
1: yeah, like, I I mean, and I feel like a lot of people feel like this, like, you can't go to movie theater, like, you feel weird, like, you feel uneasy at movie theaters, like, for the first, I would say, like, I I don't know, like, two to three years, like, I would just have panic attacks, like, if I saw a black backpack, which is, like, why I mentioned that specifically, because, like, even now, like, if I see someone on the train with a black backpack, I'm, like, like, I'm gonna die, something's gonna happen, I'm gonna die, like, it's gotten much better with, like, therapy and medicine and stuff. But um, it's just, uh, just like, when I think about all these shootings that are happening, I'm just, like, the. not only is everyone so closely involved, like, fucked, and they all, like, they're all going to have these, they're all going to have PTSD. Like, if I had it, like, I'm pretty sure, like, pretty much anyone who was in, like, my friends who weren't even on campus had, like, had been diagnosed with it. And, yeah.
0: Do you feel now because this d- is something that happens every once in a while, and it feels like this is something that's already like with you every day almost? Yeah. But it's like, uh, does it just make it so much worse when these things happen again, and oh, you have to like relive?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yes, uh, I-, I think like the biggest, the thing that I first experienced where I literally, it was like. Uh, P.S. ptsd episodes it's like when something like that happens there's all of these there's all of these memorials uh and like there's vigils and memorials and just everything uh for like i mean for at least like the couple weeks and months after like uh i don't know just like you're thinking about it every every second like imagining exactly like try- and trying to make sense of it uh So in those days, which is like why it impacts me now when something like that happens, like in those days, like I just trying to trying to figure out what happened, like I wanted to know every detail and I wanted to know how many times she'd been shot and I wanted to know what she was wearing. And I so like I would just imagine it and I would like I would play it out in my mind over and over and over again um, because you just can't make sense of it. And so when something like that happens now, It every single time it happens, I get the same feeling in my body that I have when I'm talking about it now, Um, and like clearly, like I've learned like some coping skills or whatnot in therapy. But yeah, it just for the like until like three years ago, I had no coping skills and I didn't really know how to deal with anything. And I really should have gone to therapy, and I didn't. I didn't. I think I didn't let my. This is another thing that's like I like have so much guilt. I think like you you get survivor's guilt because you like I yeah and I didn't understand but I I had guilt and so every time that it happens I just like yeah it it's like reliving it all over again
0: yeah and there was that part of you when you had that guilt of like well I feel bad but at least like I'm a lot like I'm here so I can't really complain and like didn't let yourself try to get help because you just you were so yeah
1: exactly yeah. and like on top of that after like being in that room and seeing her family find that information out for the first time i was like i have no right to be upset like yeah you, it's this like, weird hierarchy of it didn't grieving. feel fair
0: to be upset even though it yeah. was totally fair no
1: totally and like it's i in like it's taken me 11 years to realize like wow this i'm allowed to be affected by this thing yeah even though it's such a big thing and it just makes me so sad when i think of like the kids now and i'm like Because like people and like, yeah, I don't know. And because even if you like if you went to that, if you went to that school during that time, and even if you didn't, every time that you like for I think two to five years after school, I didn't say like where I graduated from like I would avoid saying I would just like oh I went to school in Virginia and like really glaze over it very quickly
0: because it's just so tied
1: people yeah pe- so, yeah people are gonna say oh my god were you there did you know someone and then it's like I hate that so yeah much and, and because it ends it's up being like,
0: so intimate way more than you want yeah be talking about with exactly somebody.
1: and when you're already a little unstable about that issue and you do like you have ptsd like people would bring it up like sometimes they make me angry I'd be like yeah i did is that what you wanted to hear yeah, you like, need to well, tell yeah, how she died like, yeah like what did
0: you want out of this yeah where I, there's like part of that just wanted to connect maybe in some way but it's like yeah it's not <sighs> the greatest way to go about I being know. like oh i just met you uh were you involved in this tragedy like
1: and like now of course it's been like such a long time that i like i'm able to i'm able to deal with that so much better but like i just hated everyone who hadn't gone through my experience uh like for a good like yeah two to three maybe even five years after (laughs) like i just i had so much anger because i was like you don't understand and like we let this happen and i yeah so socially that was really hard um yeah and it yeah. seems
0: like it was hard for you to like understand the other people that were trying to advocate for this thing because they weren't there like for gun control or whatever yeah it was like i uh, you know it was what? hard to like justify what they were doing or not justify that's like
1: When it came to people who were really, like, trying to make changes with laws and stuff, I never felt that way. But I think just because social media was such a big thing at that time, and that was one of the first things where people, like, changed their profile picture.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that did happen.
1: I just remember being like, fuck you. (laughs) Like, you don't know. And, like... Like, it was trendy. Like, my grief is trendy for you. Yeah. And that is so fucked up. Yeah, it's, like,
0: such a hard thing to remove yourself from. Exactly. To be, like, these people are trying to support yeah. me and these people.
1: Yeah. it's And it it's, like, t- thinking back on it now and just sounding how, like, just understanding how angry and how like bitter i was t- I, w- I was angry and bitter that it had happened and that i lost someone not at these people who yeah. were like trying to support something you know and yeah, i can see that as separate. an adult but like as a kid yeah like it i was just yeah i didn't know how to handle things and like i i totally had some troubles with my parents because like what do you do when you're a parent like they didn't know how to ha- i was like resented yeah. them for not knowing exactly what to do and like But, you know, when I think about it now, I'm like, I wouldn't know what to do. And I've been through that. (laughs) Like, there's just nothing that equips you for this. Yeah.
0: And you were truly still a kid when it happened. Yeah. And just like.
1: And like, I needed my, you know, I needed my parents. But like, it's like, how does anyone.
0: Yeah. Have any sense of what the best way to deal with something in that scenario is. Yeah. It's like, you can't know unless you were. Yeah. Exactly. felt it yourself.
1: Yeah, I just – and it just seems like I kind of can't believe that I got out of that without, like, doing mandatory mandatory therapy or something. like.
0: Yeah, that they weren't like, hey, you should sit down and talk to somebody because – Yeah,
1: because what I did immediately was I just, like, dove into uh, gun control. Like, I just uh, – yeah, I just dove yeah. into it. And I didn't even – I didn't want to go back to school that year. Um, I was so terrified to go back and uh, – I didn't go back for the rest of the year, my sophomore year, and they kind of just like gave people a pass and were like do what you need to do. But um and then I just I did end up going back junior year and again all of that anger was still there. Like there was so much school spirit cuz like Virginia Tech is a really school spirited school. Like it's a huge yeah. football school yeah. and so people already have that and like people really did come together, but I felt so outside of that because I like again, yeah, they like you didn't experience my personal tragedy. Like I just didn't feel I didn't feel like okay in the, in the community and I resented it. Um, but yeah, so I went back and I think the way that I really tried to deal was just to start this, this nonprofit organization. I was, uh, I started this organization students for gun free schools and I started talking with people at the Brady campaign and, um, like with Rhonda, uh, Rima's sister with like with their family. Um, and, uh, and just some other gun control advocates. Um, and so that was like really where I think I put my my energy. Yeah, you
0: had to like put it somewhere. Yeah. Because at that time you were still dealing with so much. And it was like, well, if I can control this, then this is something that like.
1: Right, exactly. Which like <laughs> looking back on it is kind of like as we know now that like fighting for those laws is so it's like been a very uphill battle. Yeah. Um, and like this is the first time that there's any there's been any kind of like this this type of a movement or this type of a or the press is acknowledging the movement i know like colors of community have definitely had movements where they didn't get (laughs) like the same yeah press um
0: and you went to the march yesterday i did go to the
1: march yeah i was actually anytime there's an event like that it's like am i gonna freak out am i gonna be upset like but for, i think for the first time and like a lot of times i am like but for the first time it was just so amazing like oh my god everyone's finally understanding and like everyone gets it and everyone like people are on my side you know um cuz it can feel really lonely when you go through something like that and like i were i was like working with survivors cuz like uh after something like that happens every like other people and clearly like survivors people who were shot but lived like they're all feeling that same kind of resentment. And, like, so you kind of bond together. And, like, I worked with a lot of them on gun control stuff. Um, but, like, after a while, I was just, like, it felt so exhausting. I was, like, I'm just, like, pushing a ball. Bo- like, like Sisyphusian, is that <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, yeah, yeah it's like Sisyphusian where you're, like, yeah, you're yeah, pushing, pushing the ball up the, the ball hill up that's going to fall hill. up the hill. Yeah, like, yeah. I
1: was just, like, I can't. Like, I can't have all of gun control on my shoulders. Like, just because I want to do that to, like, bring my friend back or to fix things. But um, so I think I – then I just kind of, like, got away from it. But so, like, this has been so amazing and people giving – um, yeah, giving it a, a name. And actually, I work at Comedy Central right now and, like, just – it makes me feel really proud to know that I work for a network that, like, Jordan Klepper did a gun special and I, like, sobbed through the whole thing because, like, I moved here to, like – to do some kind of art or comedy or whatnot, t- like to raise awareness for for gun control um, or just for gun violence, and so that is also nice. Like in coordination with this march and this movement and everything, it's just been amazing. And like to see how like her family's reacting has also been amazing. Um, something that's so important and that I think is should be such a huge priority is making sure that. Especially with the school shootings, like, all of these kids get proper health care and, like, and mental health care. Um, and, like, I wish that <laughs> – I wish that that was talked about more when it came to this, like, this issue, you know? Because, like, I'm, like, in credit – I was in credit card debt, like, thousands of dollars from, like, psychiatry and therapy bills because it was so impossible to find like good mental health care. Um and like I just don't think that these kids should have to deal with that. Yeah. And I don't think that anyone who's in that situation should have to deal with that. Um so like if people are talking about how this is a, a mental health issue, like this is a mental health issue in like another way, <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, there's multiple aspects of the mental health. Yeah, cuz like it.
1: PTSD can cause depression like which clearly leads to suicide and like yeah, and I've been there, and it's totally from this one incident. Um, so I just, yeah, I hope if someone hears this, maybe they'll <laughs> realize how important that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love you, Rima. <laughs> That's, I guess what I'll say. So even though she was younger than me, she felt like an older sister almost because she... Like when she got to school, like I would go to parties with her, and like I would go, you know, like she, yeah, she had just all had the this,
0: like confidence and yeah, things that you like were exactly. drawn to and felt.
1: She had all the friends, and but not in a way where it's like popular girl confidence. Like she was just the most accepting person, and yeah, uh, she
0: just wanted everyone to hang out and be friends, yes, and, like those so type of people.
1: Yeah, you're getting like that. Yes, yes, and I feel like I like to think that I'm that. I want to think that I'm that. I think person you're that type now. of person. <laughs> yeah, right. I, like. Yeah. Because I've tried to be that type of person since losing her. But like, yeah, she just like at a sleepover, she was always the last one awake. And like, she just wanted everyone to be together (laughs) at all times. Like, uh,
0: yeah, like she wasn't having a great time unless everybody else was having a good time. Yeah,
1: totally. And I think I've definitely that's rubbed off on me. (laughs) Um, But then she was also just like much more chill than me. (laughs) and like (laughs) Wouldn't like worry about it. She'd be like, yeah, of course people are having a great time. Like, (laughs) this is great. But she just like always wanted everyone to be together all the time forever and i think that that's also why it's so hard but she also just like was such a light that uh when that light goes out everybody just comes to get like our group of friends from high school like i'm still really close with so many people from high school and it's totally because of her and because she like brought us together and she like there are people around the world who like, at this march, um, her sister sent me a picture of someone who had her, she, they had her picture on a poster in D.C. Like, wow. 11 years later, someone we didn't know, and it was just, like, I'm marching for Rima. She just, like, had this essence, and I don't know. There's, like, videos of her dancing, and she's just, and she was also, it didn't hurt that she was, like, gorgeous. She was <laughs> really pretty. Um, but, yeah, she was just the, the best. Um, so it sucks that she's gone, but, uh... I don't know. I know she's happily making everyone hang out wherever she is right now. So,
0: yeah. That's Rima. <laughs> Thanks Megan.
1: Thanks Brian.
0: Um if people want to find out about things you got going on in the world or follow you on the internet, what can where can they do that?
1: Um they can go to meganmarymeadows.com, but I'll also plug um, Rima has this organization. It's Angel Fund VA. And they work really closely uh, like with schools just to prevent bullying and help with mental health and just a bunch of other things that you should definitely go and you should donate. And also, uh, States United to Prevent Gun Violence is a really great organization that if you want to donate, you should do it.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Check both of those out. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Show Art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. It really helps people find out about the show. You can also tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Instagram and Twitter at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. Here's a preview of what you'll hear next week. When I came out to my dad, I said, listen, I just want to, I couldn't even use the word gay with him. I said, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, I'm dating guys now that I left the monastery and he said, listen, I've never questioned anybody's private life of any of my kids. You have my support. He said, but please be careful with your heart. I didn't take that advice and it came from my dad. Be careful with your heart. I just didn't take it. I'm Brian Berlin. And this is Love Hurts.